If you static stretch and feel good, but then the next morning you're back to square one and you don't know why, then this is the podcast episode for you. Welcome back to the Resilience Institute podcast today for episode 31, everything you need to know about stretching. And quickly before we get started, obviously I've been away from the mic for a bit but it's been for a good course. I've been smashed with stuff uh, to do for my web developer for the new app and website. And in case you didn't know and you're new here, the New Resilience Institute website and app, they're nearly complete. We're about to enter testing phases now to ensure quality rather than just rushing it for the sake of it. So remember, if you sign up now, you get to keep the current price forever. Yes, forever. So the price will increase because obviously apps and web developers aren't cheap, so don't say I didn't warn you. The link is in my bio, so let me know if you have any issues signing up or want any help. Anyway, static stretching, let's do it. So today we are going to go over absolutely everything you need to know about static stretching so you can make an informed decision of whether you think it's worth the time and if it will actually be an efficient and effective tool for helping you reach your goals. And in short, in case you don't know me well enough yet, I'm basically going to tell you why it's a fucking waste of time and if you still really want to do it because you love it, then be my guest but at least you're doing it from an educated and informed position and I'll be able to sleep well at night and not have nightmares over everyone stretching for no reason. And I'm not I'm not just going to completely shit on it but I will break it down so you do understand. Stretching is a lot like masturbation. It feels good, but it's not the real thing and as a result, people get addicted to that short-term fix and... They never do what or who they're meant to. And I'm not saying you aren't tight because the tightness you feel is very, very real, but it's not quite tight for the reasons you've grown up being told or or have been led to believe. Tightness is actually a protective mechanism of the brain to stop you going into ranges it doesn't think are safe. For example, like recently, if you've been following along when I tore my hamstring, The day before I tore it, I could touch my toes with nearly the entire back of my palm on the ground. But then 24 hours later, all of a sudden after I tore my hamstring, I could literally barely touch my knees. And I want you to think, do you think my muscles physically got that much shorter overnight or is something else potentially at play? Basically, when I injured myself and I tore that hammy doing the run, my brain would have received information through the nervous system that I'd torn muscle tissue. I'd actually torn tissue. It then would have realized that it needed to protect me from tearing my hamstring even more and doing more damage. So what it did is it used a process in simple terms called neural guarding, which then its aim is to prevent my joints from going through a larger range of motion. And in turn, it reduces the risk of further damage by offloading that injured area. And not only will this protect me from further damage, but it will actually improve healing in the short term by taking stress and, and loading off that area. And in hamstring injuries, for example, injured athletes, like once they've hurt themselves uh, or or any soft tissue injury really, they will exhibit both acute and chronic responses to pain. So when you tear your tissue, you get pain obviously. And although it's a protective mechanism, it can still create maladaptive long-term neural responses in the central nervous system. Maladaptive meaning not adjusting adequately or appropriately to the environment or situation. So in the short term, these neural responses are needed, right? And they're actually quite beneficial because in those initial stages post-injury, it's been suggested that that reduced myoelectric activity in the muscles, so where it down-regulates and guards, it serves as a protective mechanism to unload that healing tissue. The maladaptive component of it is when that 
inhibition, that selective inhibition of the joints and muscles continues well after the tissue begins to heal and that may then compromise rehab and muscular adaptation long term and then therefore increasing re-injury risk. And one of the first steps in hammy rehab, but also all the other soft tissue, is to regain lost range of motion because we know we have that neural guarding. And this is where I talked about in my hammy rehab when manual therapy can be beneficial to provide that relaxing sensory input to the brain and relax those muscles that are guarding the hamstring or whatever tissue you've torn. And in the hamstring's case, usually glutes, low back, and hip flexors, right? So once the manual therapy relaxes these, it'll last, let's say, the benefits will last, let's say, two to three hours. But in that two to three hours, you can move a lot more through a larger range of motion within reason. And obviously, you've got to be smart about it. But this will then tell the brain that it's safe to relax a bit more because we aren't aggravating that injured tissue and risking further injury. Then over time, as you complete and continue your rehab, your brain desensitizes this area and and isn't as sensitive to movements as it gets stronger and the healing improves because the brain realizes there's no need to guard that tissue anymore. And obviously, and this is a side tangent, but this is where chronic pain can, can begin in people where the brain, for whatever reason, it doesn't realize that injury is gone and it's healed and the brain continues to guard and be sensitive to movement even though the injury has recovered. We can dive into that on another episode, but let's get back to stretching. So as you can see, Muscles aren't literally shorter and the, the brain has made them tight and inhibited them for a specific reason. And that's why stretching isn't addressing the cause of your tightness. You need to figure out why the brain wants to protect that joint or a certain muscle in the first place. For example, my hamstring injury, if you stretch that muscle more, it's going to cause more damage and it's going to delay healing and delay function. Now, When we discuss what stretching actually is and what it actually does, we just need to learn and know about what mechanical tension is, okay? So mechanical tension is any force that pulls a muscle apart and creates tension in the muscle, right? And it's regarded as the most important aspect of muscle growth and strength. It's it's crucial. Static stretching, that's just mechanical tension, but at very low load. Your brain eventually just gets less sensitive to the ranges and the increases in mechanical tension that you don't get into usually day to day. Like you don't actually static stretch in many movements each day, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. That's really good. But what if I told you that resistance training is also mechanical tension, but at higher loads? And the same thing, your brain just eventually gets more confident and less sensitive to ranges that you don't get into day to day. And you're probably sitting there like, well, whatever, like what one should we pick then? Research shows that static stretching takes a lot of time for very little gain that's actually very short-lived. So when you static stretch, yes, obviously you increase your flexibility, but it's short-lived. It doesn't stay there because you actually haven't increased the the components that are needed for long-term mobility and flexibility. Like that's why when you see people do a quick 30 or 60 or 90 second hold, that's not going to actually increase your flexibility long term. It'll do it for maybe 10, 20 minutes and then your brain will be like, all right, well, that's done. Let's go back to where we were before. 
And more, like one of the most important things is the most important factor determining success in health and fitness long term is adherence and consistency. And people will waste their time, and this is why I talk about it so passionately, is I'm here to get people engaging in active exercise that will have long-term benefits and actually provide a meaningful return on time investment. But people are wasting their time laying on the ground, staring at their timer, trying to stretch, thinking it's going to give them progress. But then they see there's no progress, the tightness is still always there the next day, and they're still unhappy or in pain, right? And one of the biggest differences between the two, resistance training and stretching, is that studies have shown that resistance training is just as, if not more effective at increasing flexibility, but you also get all of these benefits with resistance training at the exact same time for no extra additional effort. So resistance training increases and improves strength, power, endurance, mobility, flexibility, blood glucose control, brain health, heart health, bone health, joint health, self-esteem, confidence, body image, just in general, overall quality of life. And it also decreases and lowers injury risk, chronic disease risk, mortality rates, falls risk, cancer, depression, anxiety, risk of self-harm, back pain, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, like the list is endless of the things that resistance training can actually help with long term and in meaningful amounts and that's not even me getting into the fact that 90% of people they don't even stretch properly when they do it right a recent study showed if you want similar benefits to strength training you need to be in an orthotic brace so a brace that holds your joint in position for one hour total a day at an eight out of ten intensity in a physical brace for an hour a day for each muscle you want to improve, right? At an eight out of 10 intensity. Like, fuck, if you enjoy that and you want to do that, then be my guest. Nothing I say is going to change your mind. Be my guest, stretching's for you, right? But my main point is you could be doing something that is so much more productive with your time, especially when the majority of people, probably you listening to this, fucking hate stretching, but you've been told or you've learned for some reason that stretching, like you you have to do it. It's the only way you can get flexible. It's the, the best way, which is bullshit, right? Your weight training, if you do it correctly, will provide all of the mobility work you need. And that's not, I'm not trying to demonize stretching. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with stretching, but as that, that's only if you know why you're doing it and you know what stretching does and doesn't do, right? And you're probably sitting there, you're like, you're cleaning your dishes, you're driving your car, whatever, and you're going, okay, Hayden, like, I get it. You don't have to say it anymore. Static stretching, it's not that good. You've opened my eyes. What should I do instead, right? And don't fear, I'm going to end the episode now with seven quick tips to improve your strength training so it actually improves your mobility and it doesn't actually make you stiffer and less mobile, right? So first step, stop doing all of your lifts with fixed implements. So that's like barbells, single straight bar attachments. You want to use options that actually allow for more range of motion and freedom, but and they don't keep you stuck in tiny ranges and only one movement path, right? Like with a barbell, you're stuck the way that barbell moves. You can't actually change the way your hands are or the way your body moves, right? So better options are dumbbells, cables, and machines that you can actually adjust and change the path of to suit your body and allow your brain to move your limbs freely, right? Remember, the brain needs to trust that it can move wherever and wherever it wants in space and it will still be safe. But you need to build that trust by moving more often in more ways and in larger ranges. Step two, 
Stop doing all of your exercises with the same width, the same grit, uh, grip and the same stance. You need to vary that up so your brain can continue with step one. It can move in more ways, in larger ranges, in different paths so it builds that trust of being strong and adaptable in different ranges and it doesn't decrease your flexibility or range of motion as a protective mechanism because it trusts you can move freely and confidently and strongly without risking injury. Step three, you need to fix your program. People will do the same exercises day in, day out. They'll only do double leg and double arm movements. They'll do shit exercises. They won't rotate. They won't twist. You need to start to pick better exercises and do a better program and execute those exercises properly. So again, your brain has variability and moves in different ways and gets confident moving outside of just one path or the same exercises and the same stances and widths and grips and stuff. So, And I'm happy to demo exercises for you or give you examples for your goals. So if you have one you need help with or you want to learn about more exercises, just send me a message and I can help you out. Step four, you need to start moving more each day. Like you need to stand up as long and often as you can, get your knee up, get your steps up, go for daily walks. Our bodies, the human body thrives on movement and it was designed to move. It was literally designed to jump, run, sprint, catch, carry and do all these cool things. It wasn't designed to sit down for 12 hours a day plus and then also your eight hours of sleep and only move for two to three and not even really move properly. So you've got to move more each day so the brain can move the way it was designed to. Step five, you need to actually control the weight while you train. Again, this tells the brain you're in control and it's safe to allow that larger range of motion. Remember how we talked about it's a protective mechanism? If the brain doesn't feel like it's in control, I can promise you it isn't going to let you go very far because it doesn't feel like you're in control and you're at risk of hurting yourself. Sixth step, you need to start recovering properly. Not the massage guns, not the BCAAs, not the ice baths and the mass gainer sup bullshit. I mean, get off Netflix and actually get some good sleep for once. Ditch the fast food, eat nutritious food, get your micronutrients in, get your protein in, drink water, actually manage your stress uh, proactively. You need to rest and fuel your body so it can heal and perform and it's not always run down and fatigued and stressed all the time because when it is, this increases your brain's sensitivity to pain and movement and it will start to guard things up because it doesn't feel good and it's not healthy, right? Last but not least, step seven, and this isn't a bad thing. If all of this seems too hard and you need help and you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you feel you need help from someone who knows what they're doing, invest in a coach <coughs> and your health. Invest in a coach, invest in your health. Like you're not going to try and treat infection yourself. You're not going to try and do surgery on yourself. You're not going to try and fix your car. You, you hire and you pay these people who know what they're doing so they can actually help you and, and fix your problems efficiently and effectively and get you back to where you need to be. So never feel bad hiring someone who actually knows what they're doing to help you because you can you can actually f speed up the process and fix your injuries. You can train properly, you can feel better and you can actually start to make reliable and consistent progress for once rather than just guessing and randomly doing stuff and not actually knowing or having a plan. And it's not a bad thing. And if you're interested and you need a hand, Simply send me a message on Instagram and I'll see how I can help because that is literally what I do for a living and it's my aim of my job and my career. So let me know if you need a hand. Until next time, Hados. Hey